just a humble sparks fangirl podcast (laughs) yeah world drama true hey welcome to uh welcome to kimono my house part three episode five of sparks and sparkles how was your week melanie gods and goddesses of the sparks and sparkles (laughs) podcast please bless this unga gunga galunga um (laughs) My week was incredibly intense. I had a lot of stuff going on. And oh, by by the way, I don't know, war, you know? Gosh, you know what? I can't believe we're talking and I haven't. Yeah, you know. Clothes. All right. So let's break. So what do you got today? Oh, I have. This is. Oh, okay. Now you are of Italian descent. So if I, you know, I'm assuming you're fluent, right? Lunaria. <laughs> Ancestrale Pinot Grigio Sparkling by the Namek Um, I had it last week for the recording we didn't do. Um, and I ended up drinking it. And it was oh, really wonderful. Good. So it's a sparkling Pinot Grigio. It's a sparkling uh spumante Pinot Grigio. It's very nice. I got it, I live very close to um like an organic co-op so you know i just i had run around the corner very quickly last week and picked this up but then i actually i came home from the pub and i was like oh. <laughs> so then i had to get another one and so here we are here we are and Excellent. i'm going to open this well today i have some Shen- californian shandon Oh, nice. Californian wine. I've been to Chandon. I think I've been Um, to Chandon. Oh, yeah, I have. I've been to Domaine Chandon. Yeah. What made, what struck me is they take, I mean, I spent a while since I've even gone to the store, but they changed their label. This is like a new, like. Oh, they've made it slightly classier, I would say. It's classier. Is it? I think. I think it's classier. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little trashier. <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. No offense, Shandon. Send us all the free wine. That yes. You want. Yes. Uh, anyway, yeah. So now let's commence the popping of the cork. <laughs> oh no, I can't get this. Oh, come on. This happened last time. All right. Let's see how quickly we can both get our wine open. I can't. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Ah! 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 that's awesome that's for the only fans only fans out there (laughs) hope my parents weren't watching that oops for my only fans that was beethoven's i think balstein sonata balstein i mean if ever there was a week where you need a fucking drink it's this week sorry doggy okay now the doggy is concerned now she's not concerned any longer. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. This is, yeah. Cheers. Well, I even have my Nick vape out. Like, that's so much I was like, oh, man, this week. It's wartime. Hello, <laughs> citizens. Welcome to the Sparks and Sparkles military <laughs> report. Who slip sink ship? I like semen. Yeah. All right. We got it. <laughs> Hello, sailor. Hello, sailor. Um, I will tell you that I'm not wearing any sparkles today, but I don't know if you remember this after 9-11, um, after 9-11, there was a great, um, 
Onion article. It was like the week after uh, 9-11. Oh my God. I I still have a paper copy of that onion. So the one that I've been thinking about this week is not knowing what to do. Woman bakes American flag cake. So I sort of did that. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, Ukrainian colors this uh t-shirt with a sunflower on it because (laughs) sunflower is the ukrainian flower or symbol please please forgive my ignorance people of ukraine you know i am an ignorant american trying to do better um but But the national colors are yellow and blue so i know a lot of people have been supporting that but i bought this shirt the other day and i wore it today and i was like yeah, that's right, everybody. I've solved the global problem <laughs> with fashion. Take that, Vlad. I, I felt. And where was that much- shirt made? <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. That's yeah, a great question. In in fairness, though, you are not the you are absolutely not the first person I know who's been trying to sport the blue and yellow uh, this week, and um, it can't hurt. That's for darn sure. Yeah, but I I do feel a little bit like this is my American flag cake in t-shirt form. Well, you know what? I think we should start talking about something that makes us both super excited. We need a little sparks. Just this very (laughs) bring out some sparks. The world is very bleak. So yes, we need a few sparks. Just this very minute. We need a little sparks right now. Mm. sorry (laughs) okay um you know this i'll tell you what right the bottle of the champagne is very cold but the champagne and because i bought it this afternoon the champagne and it is a very cold so it's quite bubbly right now (laughs) a little too Uh, much you know what i mean like wow mine is okay but i've had like three or four glasses already and i (laughs) am very conscious of the fact that after we finish this i'm going out again and you know i don't want to be a total mess so i'm gonna try you'll be fine i'll be fine (laughs) yeah you're fine i'll try to be somewhat abstemious how <laughs> it's it's too late for that isn't it yeah who are we fooling well okay so uh yeah i've been honestly the the four songs or five songs that are on the b-side of come out of my house has been in my head all week and um looking forward to talking about them so side b put okay. your needle down I am I am just looking for my notes um, <laughs> okay. because I haven't listened to it since our last recording because um, well, I don't know there's been a lot going on you know globally and in my Sparks and Sparkles journey I um, finally this very week got up to. Um, a steady drip 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 so I'm at the opposite end of the time continuum in some ways so for those of you who don't know in early November I began a project to listen to every single Sparks album and I did go as much as possible I went linear linearly Okay, I guess some of this is kicking it linearly. <laughs> Chronologically? <laughs> Chronologically, yes. 
but um i let myself like if i gave it a few listens and i was like okay that's fine i moved on to the next one um if i really fell in love with the album i could stay there for like two weeks or something so from about november 5th or thereabouts to um march 1st that's how long it took me to get through 25 sparks albums and then i realized i still have a net so like i'm not i'm not even done but i was thinking to myself how much like how much they've changed in that time and yet i still feel like all of the the sparks details were there so so let's no. let's talk about hasta mañana monsieur because this will this will cheer me up a bit i mean i'm, I'm just a little bit blue because of world politics and you know everybody knows that um <clears throat> but hasta mañana monsieur is one of my all-time favorite spark songs knew sure. it i knew it how did you know well we've talked about this before <laughs> I thought it was just you knew me so well. Well, I, I will say that in our previous conversations on the podcast, I did suspect that um, this was probably your favorite one of the albums, um, just on some of the stuff we talked about. And anyway, go ahead. I want to hear all about uh, so your journey it is, with the song. It might be my favorite on the album. I'm not 100% sure. It's kind of a tie between this and another one on side two, which we'll get to. But I will say this is my top positive vibe song on the album i mean for me look i've been i i work in international education writing communications so my dad tells people that i speak seven languages that is not true i can speak um french and i can speak english and i can speak a little bit of a number of other languages but like really enough to say things like can i get a beer please or do you speak english you know yeah. like and please and thank you and hello and goodbye these are very useful phrases around the world but you know english is a global language anyway which means wherever you go someone probably does speak it but um i love the play on words with this mm -hmm. I love that it starts very gently and then suddenly the piano and the guitars and the rest of the instruments come in to me. And this is actually something I really love about Sparks. To me, they are a very joyful band. I, I'm not saying every one of their songs is cheerful because that is not the case, but there is definitely a joy of playing and a joy of creation that I feel does come through in many of their songs and this song i feel like is just enthused with that and i also i mean <laughs> i love the lyrics so much i i did actually write down a favorite lyric so i want to hear what yours is and i'm curious it's to see if gotta it's gotta be same the one. same one you mentioned Kant, and i was shocked so yes. shocked <laughs> how can you not love you know where that? i come from none of the girls have such foul tongues oh so good <laughs> it it's is really so brilliant. good and um, that's just and honestly that's just one of pretty funny uh, several funny things i i thought i wrote it down but there were some really to me very humorous like rhymes that they did that were just really clever of course so yeah <laughs> yes there's the um there's so much wordplay in this too i love c'est la vie 
uh, c'est l'amour, c'est no more. I mean, that's just so, it's so cool if you're a language geek. Um, <laughs> and so this really kind of speaks to me. Interestingly, this is one of the only songs that Russell is credited with writing the lyrics to. Hmm. That there may be more. I, I apologize to Sparksians who know a lot more about this than I do. I think the other one is Pineapple on Indiscreet. But um, these are, they're banging lyrics. So great job, Russell. <laughs> and um, interest, you know, if you are interested in the lyrically speaking with Ron Mail series, he, this is, so that's a series of, um, we actually, so if anyone's interested, you should check out our Sparks and Sparkles uh, YouTube playlist. Uh, every week I post songs we talk about, and uh, we've already posted one lyrically speaking with uh, Ron Mail. So uh, check our check out our our playlist, or Google, or go or go to the source. Yes, or Google lyrically speaking with Ron Mail. <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is because. Um, this is the only lyrically speaking that had a special guest star of Russell Mail reading out the lyrics. And he, you know, that cut line, he does it really well. So it's, I mean, of course he does because he's Russell. And speaking of Russell. And he's been singing it for 20 years, years. Right, right. He could probably <laughs> sing it. I, I would like to say he could probably sing it in his sleep, but that's probably untrue because there are just like, hundreds of how many songs are in there there. so so it's got to be hard but i bet you know considering this was one of the early ones and this was sparks mania he might be able to i've got a lot of lyrics up here i can do word for word yeah that's Um, true you are one of those people i also love that the lyrics i'm sorry i'm just now looking at the lyrics again i do also love that they say kimono my house monsieur mon amour kimono my house mon amour i know it's so I just, the sigh is, I love that wordplay so much. It's, it's so clever. It's so witty. It's so fun. Um, and let's give it up to Russell for blowing out that note at the end where I think it's a, on a door towards the end, the, the kimono, the, the thing that I knew you'd adore. He, I counted that. He holds that note for 20 seconds. seconds. Yeah, 20. I did too. I think it's 20. Uh, well, uh, well, that uh, uh, we can argue about that later, but yeah, it's about two minute 40. And not only does he, so I, yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. So one of the things about this song, you know, I, I know that we've had other conversations and you've mentioned that sometimes some of the songs on this album have some complaints to it, like uh, with Equator because of the high vocals or things like that. This song is one where he's really in that like beautiful tenor range there's some falsetto but it's not as much but that that note that he holds for so long not only does he hold it for sustain it for a long time uh he ends it on a higher note and that's i'm waving that is fucking hard and that might be why you're saying it's 20 20 seconds because it's it's a single note and but then to, to it's a very he does it very lyrically it was how you just how you would describe it if you were talking about classical singing it's a very lyrical line and the fact that he can end it on a beautiful like higher note without slamming it or belting it it's beautifully done and can i just say this is another reason to love sparks to me because 
they don't go for the easy option. They go for the fucking hard option. <laughs> and actually, I'm sort of like that too. I like, I mean, I love a challenge. Like, let's try it. Can I do it? I don't know. This is sort of ridiculous, but let's let's give it a go. They they do that so consistently. They're still doing it. I, I really feel like they've moved so far beyond Kimono My House, but it is such an important album because a lot of the things that make Sparks Sparks are there, even in, you know little form because they, they they're still trying to do the hard things that are like totally ridiculous why not let's try it i mean i would say before that when you when i listen to yes. and tweeters clothing yes it has so many elements like it, it it has so many elements that you then see them delve further into in the next in the you know the kimono trilogy or whatever you want to call it i don't know what it's it's, it's termed that way but I, I i consider it the brit trilogy okay know? yeah propaganda indiscreet and uh i there's so many of those nuggets in the the woofer and tweeters clothing i actually am looking forward to talking about that album because it is really interesting to me um that's interesting i have not listened to it in a while and it, it, you know i will just say about those those first two albums the sparks half nelson album which is their very first album and then woofer and tweeters clothing i really like both of them they they just feel a lot less commercial than kimono feels and i that sounds like a a, a diss i i get but it, it is totally not it's just um woofer and sparks half nelson they feel much more experimental like they're just mm. which yeah. makes sense these were young guys playing around they went to art school like they, they do a rock it. cover of uh rogers and hammerstein's do re mi i mean it's like they you're right it, it was it, it's just it's an i will say it was it was it's neat to listen to now that i'm a little more familiar with uh some of their especially 70s music and again, I mean, this is another reason why um, Sparks are so brilliant as musicians, but all um, like they, I, as I said on the previous week's podcast, when we were talking about how this album got made, I don't know the whole story, but I'm sure that they did feel this pressure that they had to create an album that would be commercially receptive and, and they did it. They, they, managed to create an album that's just full of these short pop bangers, um, which is Kimono. Okay. I am so glad you used the term pop banger. Okay. Uh, I can, it has a little bit to do with the next song, which is talent is an asset, but uh, I want to talk about pop banger for a second. <laughs> okay. Do it. Yeah. Manana made sure. Excellent song. <laughs> Hasta mañana. Hasta, Hasta mañana, mañana. <laughs> Um, Okay, so I'm so glad. To, oh, it's such a great lead-in. Um, so when we've been talking about this album, there have been several times where you've used the term pop banger or it's uh, it's a perfect pop rock album. And I've said, ah, in my opinion, it doesn't become a rock album until, or a pop album until talent is an asset. I think it's a rock album prior to that. And I have some reasons now. Uh, <laughs> hmm. But but then in, in the more that we talked and 
I, I saw someone recently use um, the term, I think I was listening to um, Music You Can Dance to and, and looking at the YouTube comments and somebody Man, said it's a real, Chicago. <laughs> they said, oh, it's, such a, it's a real pop banger. And I thought, you know, maybe there, that term pop banger is just, it's a different, it's a different subgenre or flavor of pop music than how I think of just traditional pop music. So okay. I want to dig into that. So, I, and I don't know the pop banger is really a, a term much used in the US. I think it's more frequently used in the UK. Yeah, I'm just trying to make it a thing here. I'm trying to oh, make it happen. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> streets ahead. Um, so, okay, so talent is an, is an asset is, I think, my favorite song on the album next to, next to the one we haven't talked about yet. Oh my um, God. Again, this is one of my lesser liked ones. Holy let me tell you why. Okay. We've been having clever wordplay. We've gone to Bavaria. We've gone to heaven with Romeo, but all of it, you know, we've gone to France, um, I think for us. Uh, we don't know where we've gone to some country where their leading exports are textiles and iron ore. <laughs> which is another um, great line but anyway so the reason why I, I so for me the definition of like a pop song is and this might not be right but it's it's a song that emphasizes either the two four beat or the upbeat of a, of a song of the rhythm and I, I can't I'm real brief on what the hell I mean by that so if we skip ahead to um complaints uh when i was less drunk i could do this real easy so uh complaints is a good example of the tr of the use of um having a heavy downbeat versus accenting the upbeat and they do it in two different ways and palin an asset does it a little bit but in complaints they go like nothing in the world is perfect okay that's so if you see i'm moving my hand up and down this is for the music 101 section of the, of the I appreciate episode. It. so as my hand goes down that literally is called the downbeat of a beat in a musical measure and when my hand hits up i'm gonna say at the top of my screen that's the upbeat okay so i'm gonna try to do it where i'm going uh, no, I can't do it like that. Uh, so, so complaints, you know, bum, ba, bum, ba, ba. But then they switch to an accent on the upbeat. Um, complaints, it's my department. So they're going complaints, it's my department. That is called the upbeat. And <clears throat> pop music in general literally is upbeat, meaning they're often accenting the upbeat or with genres like ska if you have a regular uh bum 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 they are accenting bum 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 they're accenting the two and the four so these are things that in our musical consciousness feel like poppier to me so uh talent is an asset is the first song I'm not, that's a broad statement. They go through a lot of different things in all of their songs. But for me, it's really the first song where you get, um, you get this real like rockabilly, upbeat feeling 
um, in, in the song. And it's, it's, it's almost got a jitterbug feeling um, to it in some, some of the parts. So that's why this whole time I keep going, I don't think it's a, for me, it's not a pop album until the song. It's, it's really because of, it's the first time that you're hearing, um, I can't remember how the song the goes, I'm a little drunk. Yeah. It starts it starts off um ding 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 like it's got a real thank you do that one more time it's hypothetical and cetical i just added and it's not going like bum now they do get to the downbeat a little bit later talent is an asset but then they go back to it also has, I think for the first time on the album, though I, I haven't confirmed this, clapping as a percussive sound, a really key percussive sound. I'm sure there was probably clapping in some of the other songs, but uh, Joe and I disagree about clapping in rock music. I fucking love it. And I here's why. I do too. For me, clapping is, it's, it's first of all, it's an instrument that most people with to you know with the ability to move or not it is an instrument that we all have it is an instrument that we can all have and so personally i feel like when you are listening to music and they're like hey you know woo that audience participation what i like about it is i feel like we are all making that music together because this is a that's a musical instrument to me and so I love it when I hear it in a song because it's like, I don't know, it's like something like, I could do that. And then, you know, when you're clapping in an audience, I feel like it's the opportunity for everybody to, to make music with the performer. Joe feels oh, like lovely. it's forced audience participation. But anyway, I love clapping. And no one's forcing you to clap along. <laughs> I agree with him. I know what he's talking about. He's been at a school assembly where they made him do it. <laughs> I agree. I also did not participate in that. But the great thing about a recording from 1974 <laughs> is that you can choose to clap or not. So you're right. And that kind of brings me back to the whole Sparks concert where it was not just them performing. It was, to me, I'm really going into academia here, so forgive me. But it was, you know, an interaction between the audience and the performers so things like clapping things like dancing it is an interactive thing wow my communications degree it's carried me far in life that's why this whole time when i to me this is a song more than any of the previous songs that really gets me i like dan dancing in my chair kind of thing because i'm not gonna dance standing up um <laughs> so so that's why i to me it just feels poppier now we i guess pop banger though what what like what does that mean to you to me it means I a have song an idea, that sounds but... very poppy and like it is gonna get you out of your chair and you're gonna mm. dance it could be a rocker so let me give you some examples of pop bangers from history okay yes. so um hound dog <laughs> mozart's requiem 
Let's start requiem. requiem. I I was not going back that far. I was going to say Elvis, how dog. That's a pop banger for sure. Um, The doors light my fire. Pop. Well, it doesn't seem like a pop. It's a psychedelic pop banger. I'll take that one off the list. Um, But we'll say Do What Diddy by Manfred Mann. That's a pop banger. Um, So it's. It's- crocodile rock the ultimate fucking pop banger that is like two and a half minutes of like pure pop perfection i'm telling okay. you okay all right that, um, that's helpful because when i hear pop banger i thought it meant more like like uh sweet or slate uh, what was a slate or whoever did the slade, merry christmas slade, everybody slade, that, which is the idea that the- merry christmas everybody that is but fun. those are very when i think about the um the music in those two examples, uh, they, they're they very, Hound Dog and uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. It feels very different musically to me. And I think that's why I wasn't quite getting. So I, anyway, that, okay. this is helpful. Uh, we, 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 could, we could scratch off um, Slade, but then uh-huh. we'll, we'll move into the seventies and we'll say what would be a seventies pop banger. Boogie, oogie, oogie, Taste of Honey. It's long, but it's a banger. Um, <laughs> uh 80s betty davis eyes that's a freaking banger hair is hollow gold you don't know that one i know this i know the song my face is because when you say that's a pop banger what you were describing is a song that has a much more moderate tempo and it's it not a get your out like get me out of my seat dance like hound dog is so, oh I would disagree because I feel like the is very dancey in that. But you don't have to agree. You don't no, have to I'm thinking this a is- pop banger is like a tight, it's a tightly orchestrated song. It's got some very nice bit, like this, it's a song that knows what it's doing. I feel like okay. it's, so it's you know, like it's, it's very well organized. Okay. It's, probably gonna, it's, it's probably something that's going to, get you going a little bit and maybe stick in your head. I would actually also say stick in your head very likely because it's got that repetitive thing, which we know is like the Ron Mail signature. Like, yeah, I mean, it's so does good. this guy like repetition or what? He fucking loves it. When you do it well, it's yeah. When you do it well. And I mean, it works. And to me, it's such a, it's such a thing that somebody who has like a real musical ear would do because like I assume you notice song you notice sounds like all the time like you're just noticing sounds and thinking about what you might be able to do with them not everybody's doing this but like people who are very in tune to music like I think Billie Eilish is somebody like I, I if I recall in like not I don't think it was in her documentary, but an interview where like she's looking for just little sounds that she hears around that she can take and then take inspiration from. Yeah. Speaking of which, "Bad Guy" by Billy Irish, Billy Irish, Billy Eilish, is a pop banger, but it's a very 2020s pop banger because it does not follow the same trajectory of say a Hound Dog, which is very different in style, and in fact. There is a musicology theory that what is happening in pop music is really changing. It's moving away from this sort of like 
verse, chorus, verse, chorus to a, a, a different style that I think you do here in Bad Guy by Billie, I- Billie Eilish. I do know her name. <laughs> um, She's a lady. Uh, uh, work okay. bitch. That's another pop banger. Okay. All right. I buy that. So, uh, by the way, we should have a very special episode about Lizzo, but then not for another day. Um, <laughs> yes, truth hurts. That's a fucking banger. Fucking banger. All right. So, <laughs> so um, I didn't even know. Her. <laughs> I think maybe it's not a term that resonates with me as much. Um, but I really do, that was really helpful. So anywho, so this is a very, you know, like I said, this is the first time that we got, you know, people jitterbugging in the background. Um, and then the lyrics are, I mean, again, this is a very theatrical piece to me. I would stage it as like a, probably a quartet or a quintet. And I would have the tool, you know, grandma, auntie, and an old uncle, and then the mother, you know, it like, it's a very theatrical to me song. I love um, that we're thinking of telling us in a, come out of my house, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's no small parts, only smaller parts, only small paychecks. Um, so that, that I really love. And then I was reading something about it. It's like, well, you know, it's a bunch of puns about Albert Einstein and physics. And uh, that is just so many layers, so many so, layers. It's so Ron Mail too. Yeah. To that, the, um, song. Um, yeah. And actually, can I just say, is the song about Einstein or is it about the male brothers? Or because, you know, there's a lot of genius, you're a genius thrown around to those dudes. So I don't know. I mean, at the time, probably people weren't saying that. No, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. And it, and it, it the, the what is interesting about this song to me is it has at least two or three like very distinct characters that are part of the song. Um, you know, because there's a part where it's sort of like, uh, go away, mother's, Albert's mother said to me, like, so you got like the mother character, the Albert character, and then these relatives who are literally singing like we're his relatives, but not to that tune. Um, so funny because it's one of my least favorite songs on the album. It's like a little <laughs> too cutesy for me. I guess I can see that. I can see that. So, uh, but for me, it is like I said, it's it's really when I first start dancing in my chair. <laughs> I'm dancing uh, right from amateur hour, baby. And also, well, that's fair. This mm-hmm. town, the amateur hour, it just like it rocks out. So anyway, <laughs> complaints. So, I like complaints. I didn't like it at first, but now I really like it. And I think, cause I was starting, I was thinking about how do I frame up this whole, you know, accent on the upbeat. And I kept focusing on talent as an asset. And I was like, oh my God, this song right after this is a perfect example of ba 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 versus da 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 To me, again, I feel like this is one of, one of the weaker songs on the album but i mean it's not weak okay <laughs> like for another band this would be their best song on the on their album like this would be the best one it, it's just this album is so good that like even a really good song 
you you're gonna say oh well i mean to me i'm sure there are people out there like it's very funny to me talking to you about talent as an asset which like that's one i i will skip a lot because it's just a little too repetitive for me but um but complaints you know to me complaints i i love the guitar solo that happens towards the end of the song and in my mind in my musical for kimono my house i can see this song blaring out of the transistor at my cool super 70s party where i'm drinking wall bangers and taking a quaalude or something (laughs) you know but yeah but you know for me complaints complaints it's it suffers a little bit for me from what I call the Abbey Road syndrome. It's just, just my own syndrome. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, I have- <laughs> so it's not a syndrome. This is a Melanie Johnson cave syndrome. syndrome. All right. So I, I love Abbey Road. I think Abbey Road is just like a brilliant album, but on side two, there's a couple songs where I'm like, just really waiting for them to get to the end, you know, because I know the end is coming and it's so, so good. So like, I'm just like, ah, all right, let's, let's move on. Equator, equator, equator. I don't need Octopus's Garden. Let's go. (laughs) A few of us need that. So complaints feels like that a little bit to me. It feels like, okay, I just want to get to, because I also really like in my family um, and well, I fucking we got, love it. We have a, so. yeah, well, uh, plenty to unpack. Um, for me, in many ways, complaints feels like a real glam rock song. Yes, and it the feels reason very why 70s. I think for me, the reason why is that slightly fifties throwback. So, you know, mm-hmm. every twenty years, everything is reu- you know becomes popular again. Like it just throughout my lifetime, we see that every in the seventies there was like oh let's use references from the 50s in the 80s by the 90s by the time we got to college I think that we went through a very unique point in time where we had grunge and yes it was a throwback from punk but it was a pretty new thing in many ways as opposed to at that time you know what was also really popular uh bootleg uh, jeans slash bell bottoms came yeah. back in style and disco made a huge resurgence in the early 90s so my point of this is you're disco, like that was i was gonna say disco has never gone out of style for me like never <laughs> i will be in an old person's home getting down to sister sledge i'm pretty <laughs> well, sure of course. but I, I think that it battled it, it record sales in, increased again the music it was pl- played a lot more anyway my point of this is that I, one of the, one aspect of some glam rock songs are this kind of 50s feel. You mentioned Crocodile yes. Rock earlier, and I think that's oh, a yeah. pr- really, really classic example. And can I just say that my dad, DJ, one day we will have him on this program, JJ the DJ, he has said that when he hears, because he loves that, he loves Crocodile Rock, and he has said when he hears it, he can hear Freddie Boom Boom Cannon who was uh, like a, a 50s, 60s. I'm sure I'm getting it wrong. I'm sorry, dad. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he was sorry, a dad. I was Ukraine! Born. Ukraine! Um, but uh, anyway, but that, that, so that's what he said. Yeah. He that influence every time he hears that song. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I would say that's another reason why I, I do like this one. It just feels very glam rocky to me. And I know whether it is that or not, I don't know, but... Uh, that's no, sometimes I, a hard thing to pinpoint. 
I, I think that's probably why I feel like it sounds very 70s to me, because I think it is that I'm just looking up when Freddie Boom Boom Cannon was uh, doing his his thing. Is Freddie Boom Boom Cannon still alive? I bet he is, actually. Uh, yeah, he's he's rocking. Uh, years active, 1956 to present. So no, we were not wrong. Late 50s. Yeah, late 50s. Uh, early 60s. By the way, fun fact, when I was uh, a child, uh, I personally felt like my dad would torture me with Freddie Boom Boom Cannon songs as we drove on car journeys. <laughs> if I hear Way Down Yonder in New Orleans ever again, <laughs> it will probably be too soon. But I do like Palisades Park, which is also Freddie Boom. All right. That one will go on our playlist. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. It's so funny you say that. My dad used to torture us with Sousa, like the John Sousa and um, polka music. So, uh, you know, that's, hey, that is the purview of moms and dads in the world. Yes. Uh, and we're all the better for it. The other uh, song, if we just want to, I just aside songs that I felt like my dad tormented me with, um, Marty Robbins, El Paso. Oh like, yeah, you know that song. Like, oh, I know, I know the, I know the three songs. I'm a huge Marty Robbins fan. Well, I was about to say, like he used to play that song, and I was like, oh my god, this is like <laughs> the world's most it's long. depressing <laughs> song. Like of- there's a line in there, like a deep burning pain in my side. And you know now uh, i fucking love that song and i am like jack johnson so this to me you i mean look there are lots of times i am listening to things that like most people my age would not be listening to and i know it is my father's influence for sure so you know yeah me too my dad always liked classical music my mom liked more pop music and uh and we read a lot of books out loud in the car and we sing a lot of Christmas uh, carols in the car. So That's I so think cool. all of those uh, are why I'm now listening to the complete works or the complete uh, Sherlock Holmes series. <laughs> I can Audible. dance like Sherlock Holmes and I can sing like Sherlock Holmes, but I can't be Sherlock Holmes. That will be discussed on another episode of Sparks and Sparkles. Man, you are so amazing at Lyra. Your, that, your recollection is really amazing. Uh, right now, there is some sort of Time Life magazine in the supermarkets that says Sherlock Holmes. Every time I see it, I think of Sparks, which just says, it just says, I'm obsessed. That's all it says. That's what it says. I was using my hands as a musical instrument. All right. Should we move on to the... Yes. In my family. Oh, well, in my family. Yeah, okay. we do want to talk about this because this, this song is... I, I I go back and forth on whether this is, so again, in my casting, this song could either be like a young man who's excited about getting married, but is also talking about his crazy family, or it could be from the perspective of some horrible, like patriarchal bully. I don't know which one this is. What is the song to you? That's so funny because that's not how I read it at all, but... This song does really intrigue me. It intrigues, it is, it intrigues yeah. me. So first of all, you've got Ron and Russell, okay? It doesn't matter who is in the band or not. Sparks is really Ron and Russell. 
and whoever they've decided to record with. And by the way, can we just say, like, obviously for Komodo My House, they they were very fortunate to get this band. I mean, this the, this band is so incredibly tight. They are amazing. But there is that aspect of Sparks that anything you do with them, they are not afraid to move on because they've moved on and they're going to do something else. So to me, when I hear that lyric, that's how it's going to be because it's my family. I feel mm-hmm. like that's Ron and Russell saying like, we are sticking together. Uh... And then, then there's also, of course, the aspect that they lost their dad. And I actually, speaking of talent as an asset, there is some Sparks book out there called Talent is an Asset where they sort of talk about Ron and Russell's childhood after their dad died. And I don't really want to get into it because they clearly don't. Like, I mean, I, I, they, they try and keep their private life very private. So we'll just go with what we know they talked about in the documentary that their, you know, dad died. And that seemed to bring them very, very close to together. And I do get the feeling from them that, um, as, as great as they are together, I think they both feel a little bit like they might be lost without the other one, you know, like they, I, I don't know if that's entirely true, that may, that may not be, but they, they have done so much together. Um, but one thing that, because uh, I watched um, the documentary for like the fourth time a few weeks ago, and the uh, Alex Capano is from Franz Ferdinand and, and FFS, said that he feels Ron sort of slices open his heart and says here with his lyrics, which is what good art does, actually. Good art does kind of do that. So to me, I mean, I'm sure 2022 Ron Mail is braver about doing that to some extent than, well, maybe not. I mean, your frontal lobe is not fully formed until you're 25. So, you know, maybe not. But, but he's like seems- 75 now, right? He's, he's right. been there. It's frontal lobe. No, 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 no. My point is frontal <laughs> lobe, like before your frontal lobe is fully formed, like that's where all of your higher processing and sort of like, is this a good idea decisions are. So it makes a lot of sense when you look at sort of the risk taking that like, let's say 17 through 21 year olds do compared to someone who's above the age of 25. So um, I'm assuming that he's braver than he was then, but that bravery seems to be there now. And so I just wonder if that, if that is what, inspired the song and if not it just feels very prophetic to me because it's definitely what they did <laughs> like, like you know that, like, that i never thought about that but you're right it's a very um it's very direct it is acknowledging the the crazy branches of the family tree but that mm-hmm. it's my i'll protect them until i'm swinging from that same family tree yes i it, do you know gonna hang myself from my family tree tree. i can see why morrissey likes this album that feels like a very morrissey line yeah yeah that that is i have to say when i hear that that lyric song every time i'm just i'm struck by it because it's like it's so depressing but also oddly joyful as well and um yeah 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 so i this is one this one gets in my head every once in a while i think it's got a pretty good hook and uh 
I don't know why, but I wrote in my notes here that after reading the lyrics and then reading the lyrics of all the other songs, I was struck by how many references there are to like atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs, atomic phys uh, physics people. Physicists? <laughs> yes, you thank you. Thank you. That's the one. <laughs> well, I That's okay. Here. Atomic bombs, Hiroshima. I mean, it's, I don't know, like, so timely. Maybe a, this may have been influenced a little bit. Hi, Rob. Special guest, Rob Cave. Yeah. That's how it's going to be because it's my family. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I may have been a little drunk by the time I wrote that. So anywho, that's a little tidbit that I had on there, but hey, it's a good song, good tune. Now, drum roll, please. Before we start, Melody, let me read you the notes. The, the, I have only three notes. And the first one says, holy shit, where do I begin? Oh, really? Let me <laughs> yeah. tell you what I wrote. I wrote all caps, equator, 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 equator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I, I mean, equator, 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 equator. Yeah. I think I'm hitting Russell's note, but maybe I am. Actually. No, you are. You're. In, I think you're in right, right key, right pitch. Um, yeah. Always, no, you have a very good ear. You you almost always are in the right scene, probably more than I am. But that's what I wrote. I wrote all caps equator equator. equator. <laughs> um, and also the other thing I was going to say is I I do think Ron and Russell like to put a very strong opener on all of their albums i think they I, i'm sure they think about the track list and they think about what they want to open that with makes sense sure they sure. do um and there's no doubt that this town is incredibly strong as a song possibly the strong i don't agree but possibly the strongest song they've ever done and i i say that just because i still believe without that that song probably funded them during the dark times it pushed them forward to a lot of stuff that they are still doing today. They don't necessarily need it anymore, but it, it got them through, if that makes sense. Um, but to me, Equator is the strongest sound. It's, it's the finest, finest song on this album. To me, it sounds simultaneously very 70s, but also totally outside of any time period. Um, and I love... Well, I thought it was a sax, but it's actually not a saxophone. It I is, thought it was a tenor sax. It is not. It is, oh, darn it. I actually looked up what this device is. I want to say it's called a malaphone. The sounds, are like you've got your keys. Mm -hmm. The sounds on the keyboard are recorded. Like they oh, are. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm so sorry. I did look it up. I thought I had it in my notes. I don't, but it is a type of keyboard. I know someone's okay. going to be listening to this shouting the name of it, but <laughs> no, um, interesting. it's I a totally British. Thought it was a tenor sax. It's not, I did too, but it's not, yeah. it, it's keyboard, um, cool. which makes it even more impressive to me, actually. Um, but I just, I love that opening and I feel like that opening sound is just sort of toying with us and the lyrics they are heartbreaking and wonderful i i love well all of the gifts are now melted or dead and i'm sorry sorry in advance and by the way we are just six short days away from equator day 
Surely you said it was March the 10th. Surely you said it was 2 p.m. Um, <laughs> you count me for a second. I was like, is that a thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. It is. All a right. Thing. We'll celebrate it. You know what? We need more to celebrate in the world. So I'm happy to do. celebrate Equator Day with you, my friend. Ching, ching. This is another. Oh, cheers. Cheers, baby. Um, this is another one that's uh, lyrically speaking with Ron Mail that's quite a good, uh, oh, quite a good watch. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the song too, the lyrics really do hit, you know, again, we've talked about that before. You said Ron, what, that, that um, has the ability to op- cut open this, cut it in half and open. Okay, I'm a little too drunk. Cut open your heart <laughs> and say, here. There is we my go. Heart. Yeah. This song has that real feeling of abandonment and loneliness, but, but it also, I also love that, you know, you said it's got a very timeless quality. And one of the things that, one of the few other notes that I took was, I do love that, you know, a couple measures in, it kind of has this like burlesque yes, uh, feel to it. Very theatrical. And, and, and you've, you said that before, like you felt like you could it, you could perform it in a cabaret or a burlesque show and you would re, you could restage it. And that, and, you know, once you said that, I was like, it even has that kind of like, you know, heavy beats, very sensuous. I can see myself on the stage at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. All I need is a simple (laughs) table and maybe a a little window pane and some flowers on my table and I can do the whole bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It has a a real ache to it it has such an ache to it and i was going to say the way russell sings on this that like the way he delivers these lines it's just emotionally gut-wrenching it has like such a haunting quality to the delivery like i i love the way he delivers i wasn't fooled for a second girl i knew it was you who controlled our world and what i would say is like you can listen to that recording, then go listen to Ron Mail read it. They, I mean, it's quite a different delivery, but the, I think the feeling behind the delivery is the same. Um, but ah, uh, I just feel like I've got, you know, twist that knife, twist that knife, Ron, yeah. Ron and Russell, and then um, I'm sorry, please, I, I have more to say, but I'll let you go. Um, you know, I, I, my comment is a little bit more about towards the end of the song. So, so go ahead. Well, that's perfect. So I will just say that ending, that ending, the first time I heard this was very early on in my journey through all the Sparks albums. And I actually was working on something. I've subsequently learned don't put Sparks albums yeah. on when you're trying to work because no, I won't, I won't you won't get anything too. done. You'll start thinking about the lyrics. You'll start thinking about, you'll start singing along. Like it'll all just fall apart. But um, I had the album on honestly kind of quietly. And then I heard that N and I was just like, oh my God. And I ended up listening to it multiple, multiple times. I mean, also this is the last official song on the album like there are now bonus songs on there which unfortunately we're running out of recording time because i'd love to talk about barbecue and we can talk about those in subsequent um episodes but wow this is like leaving your listener on the floor in a pool of sweat and tears because (laughs) 
That's awesome. I love it. I love it. It is. Yeah. This one is probably my favorite on the album. Do we agree? Uh, It is up there for me. I think it's an excellent, excellent song. And uh, it's so funny. The first time I listened to it, I don't know if I can... You know, I'm just going to put a link to this on our playlist. The first time I listened to it, I just kept thinking of the scene from I'm going to get to Sucka where they go to uh, like a jazz club. And I can't I can't remember the actress who does this bit. I I know she was on The Living Color. She may be related to the Waynes. I don't know. I'm bad at this stuff. But this scene is it's so great. It's so funny. And as if you don't know it, I'll put it on the playlist. But it's basically they're in a jazz comedy. They're in a jazz club and the the singer you know, it's, they've got a bass player and she's starting to sing when the saints go marching in in a very jazzy, sultry style. But by the, <laughs> by the end of the scene, like most of the musicians have kind of dropped out or they're like, don't, we don't know what she's doing. And she's rolling on the floor going like, yes, yes, it is oh, like that. Like, so that ended, so that's what I thought of the first time. And, but what what really struck me was it's really effective it it this the end of the song or at least the last like minute i guess minute and a, I, I haven't measured it minute and a half or so of the song we've talked I, i've talked about the fade outs versus the hard you know hard ends on um the songs in this album in fact i forgot to mention that um asa is sure it has like a 30 second no is it 30 seconds it might be longer than that what did i write um a really long fade out like it goes on for about a minute and a half this yeah is after it Russell. does it has kind of so a long it, fade out and 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 so I think I feel like they're so thoughtful with the way that the songs end as well and so with this one you know one of the reasons why I think the song is painful like you said you're like basically in tears writhing on the floor is the song has such a great build-up such solid play of instruments and then they do something unique. They don't use the volume button on the, on the soundboard to lower the volume and fade out. They fade out by slowly removing piece by piece the Jenga block that's holding the song up or the, the unraveling the ball of yarn or whatever the You're metaphor right. is. right, and you, they leave us just with Russell's <laughs> voice. Yeah, so the last thing, so I think first the, the like guitar and the whatever come out, the drums stay on kind of a heavy beat, and then this thing that isn't a tenor saxophone stays for a while. And at that point, uh, Russ, you have backup lyrics going, Equita, there's backup singers. And then you have Russell in the lead doing kind of this like scat that you yes. get such a wonderful it's Very sense jazzy. Of, <clears throat> it's, it's a scat, but it's somebody, it's like unraveling, like they're losing, <laughs> losing it, losing the song, losing the their mind. It is such a great, a great end anyway so that i think that um i think that tenor sex thing comes out then you hear just drums and the two vocal sets and then the drums drop and you have uh like a measure two of just acapella um the lead singing and then the backup singing and that's the last thing you hear uh, the backup singers and oh i just love it i just love it i thought it was great and it did make me chuckle as i thought of uh i'm gonna get you sucker well, I was going to say, you know, talking about that, that description, it just is another testament, testimony to, or testament to the bravery of the male brothers to go there. That was the end of the album. That's the end of the album. 
it's not a pop banger. It's something completely different. It's basically performance art to some extent. <laughs> um, interestingly, that uh, that song is very divisive among people that like there are it's it's like a marmite, you know, like there are people who love it. Hello, love it. <laughs> and there are people who just cannot stand it. I can totally see that because it's just it's very out there. Like it is not like anything else that was out at the time to my knowledge i can certainly see 1970s hipsters like in in new york liking it and certainly the the teeny bopper crowd that bought that album i i'm sure lots of them loved it but also because the lyrics are kind of about heartbreak so if you're a 14 year old that's gonna appeal to you you know like, yeah um but yeah what what a way to leave us so you know, we know there are bonus songs. I believe we will get to some of the bonus songs, but yeah, we they're, are, they're great. We are but we're yeah. gonna take the needle off the record <laughs> now. I mean, that was just you know, it's funny. This is what I mean about Sparks. Like, there is something joyful. There's something, even their name, Sparks, there's a little bit of light in a dark time. I feel better just having drunk a few glasses of sparkling wine and chatted with my bestie about sparks oh, so fun you know oh all right one we'll get one more cheers time. cheers um boy this has been so fun i'm super excited to continue to talk about sparks and um thank you all for listening um subscribe to us on youtube if that's your thing if not that's cool uh where you can download the audio version of our podcast and check out our playlist well On that note, this has been great thank you so much for listening and melanie welcome. hang in there you too Hope, hopefully we'll all be in a better place next week war is over if you want it peace bye, bye. Ding 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 ding